0: Chapter Eight of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter Eight, Dieppe, September eighteen twelve. College of Dole, Mathematics and Language, Traits of Memory. I was not altogether a stranger to Dole my father was prebend as descendant and representative of the house of william de chateaubriand lord de beaufort who in fifteen twenty nine founded one of the first stalls in the choir of the cathedral the bishop of dole m Herse, was a friend of my family a prelate of great moderation in politics and who together with his brother the abbe d'Herse, was shot while on his knees with the crucifix in his hand at quiberon the field of the martyrs on my arrival at college I was committed to the special care of the Abbe le prince professor of rhetoric and a profound geometrician he was a man of much genius a great admirer of the arts and a tolerable proficient in portrait painting his countenance was fine and expressive he undertook to make me learn my bezut, and the Abbe Ego, third professor became my latin master i studied mathematics in my chamber and latin in the common hall it required some time for a bird of my species to become accustomed to the cage of a college and to regulate my flight by the sound of a bell i could not have those ready friends which fortune gains for nothing could be got by associating with a polisson like me who had not even a weekly allowance and i certainly could not enroll myself among a clientele for i always hated patrons in play i did not pretend to lead any one but i never suffered myself to be led by others i was fit neither for a tyrant nor a slave and i remain so to this very day however it was not long before i became the centre of a party and in after life i exercised the same influence in my regiment simple sub-lieutenant as i was the veteran officers passed their evenings with me and preferred my apartment to the café. i know not whence this arose it might probably be owing to the ease with which i entered into the minds and feelings of others and understood their manners i loved shooting and hunting as much as reading and writing it is indifferent to me even now whether i speak of the most common things or discuss the most elevated subjects almost insensible to genius nay feeling almost an antipathy towards it it is well for me that i have not actually become a brute no fault was offensive in my sight save mockery and conceit and i could scarcely refrain from punishing the offender i found that others always had some superiority over me and if by accident i felt that i was their superior i was quite embarrassed those talents which had lain dormant during my early education were awakened at college i had a remarkable aptitude for study and was gifted with an extraordinary memory i made rapid progress in mathematics in which i manifested a clearness of perception that astonished the Abbe le prince at the same time i evinced a decided taste for languages the rudiments those torments of the schoolboy were learned by me without difficulty i waited the hour for my latin lesson with a kind of impatience as a recreation from ciphering and geometrical figures in less than a twelvemonth i was high in the fifth form and singularly enough my latin phraseology so naturally resolved itself in pentameter that the Abbe ego called me a a name which i believe i always retained among my companions with respect to my memory i will mention two traits i learned by heart my tables of logarithms that is to say a number being given in geometrical proportion i had to find its solution by memory in an arithmetical proportion and vice versa after evening prayer the principal generally delivered a lecture at the college chapel of which one of the boys selected at random was obliged to give an account we often came back tired from play and during prayers were half dead with sleep we threw ourselves upon the forms each seeking to hide himself in some dark place in order to escape notice and consequently interrogation there was a particular confessional which was a constant bone of contention as being a sure retreat one evening i was so fortunate as to gain this desired haven and thought myself quite secure from the observation of the principal. Unhappily he perceived my manoeuvre, and determined to make an example of me. He read prosily and deliberately the second part of a sermon, Every One Fell Asleep. I know not how it was, but I happened to remain awake in my snug confessional. The principal, who could see only the tips of my toes, thought that I was nodding like the rest, and all on a sudden apostrophized me, and demanded what he had been reading. This second part of this sermon contained an enumeration of the different ways of sinning against God, i was not only able to repeat the subject matter but i took up the divisions in their order and repeated almost word for word several pages of mystic prose utterly beyond the comprehension of a schoolboy a murmur of applause ran through the chapel the principal called me up and giving me a gentle tap upon the cheek permitted me by way of reward to lie in bed next morning till breakfast time i modestly shunned the admiration of my companions but did not fail to take advantage of the grace awarded to me this verbal memory which i have not altogether retained call forth in me another kind of memory more remarkable and which i may hereafter have occasion to mention one thing humbles me memory is often the quality of folly it is generally possessed by sluggish minds which it renders yet more dull by the lumber with which it encumbers them yet nevertheless what should we be without memory we should forget our friendships our loves our pleasures our business genius could not store up its ideas the most affectionate heart would lose its tenderness if memory were gone our existence would be reduced to the successive moments of a present which would roll heedlessly away there would no longer be a past miserable that we are so vain is life it is naught but the reflex of our memory End of Chapter Eight.